Today, I have a very amazing guest that comes all the way from Australia, and that's Miss Anne's Lyons. She's here to talk and share about her experience, her transformation as she actually went through her retirement and then decided to step into a new role and start impacting people. She has more than 20 years of experience in both public and the private sectors, and she brings a unique combination of design thinking, neurolinguistic programming, which is NLP, behavioral science, and a good old-fashioned people skills to actually help create great functioning teams. She's the CEO and founder of ChallengeYourThinking.com. Welcome to the Retirement Without Numbers podcast a safe place to explore and discover the many stages of retirement. But with a focused mindset on your personal retirement journey, your newly emerging identity, the impact of your physical well-being and support, stories and insights about social connections and purpose planning, but most of all, experts and discussions from a community that can help guide you that aligns with your identity, life goals, and the many nuances that keep our lives rich without focusing on numbers. Now here's your host, retirement expert and coach, Carla Garcia. And welcome to Retirement Without Numbers, where we love to share stories about how people like yourself inspired and learn about the good, the bad, and your wisdom. Oh, thanks, Carla. I'm really, really pleased and um, yeah, I'm looking forward to our conversation. It's It has been a journey, definitely, that I've been on over the last couple of years um, as I've sort of retired. I and mean, that was a decision that I made. Um, it wasn't a planned decision, um, but it was one that I made. And I've always wanted to have my own business, which I did. I actually did do that a few years ago in, in my 30s. I I left full-time employment um, and, I, and I learned some lessons then as well. Um, I thought I was doing my own thing, but I ended up really just starting to work for someone else. <laughs> really, I, I thought I was doing my own thing, but I, I sort of didn't quite do the networking and the, and the, um, my own, uh, what would you say, my own product, I suppose. I was sort of just, you know, hiring myself out to, to other people. Um, so it was still like working, but I've learned from that. And, um, yeah, my, my journey has been a big one. I've, I've had a lot of years as a, as a senior exec, um, in, in government and in Australia, in the in the public sector, we call it here, um, mainly in um, archives, national archives and information and data and cyber security, as well as um, I've worked with the Australian Federal Police and my, mark, and my background is in communications and marketing. And I was originally, my early career, I was a journalist as well. So I've had, I've had probably, Ooh. you know, three three iterations, three three different careers really, or maybe even four, I, I'd say. Um, and I think that's sort of, uh, yeah, that's probably fairly common now nowadays for people to sort of change. Um, but, yeah, I'm um, enjoying what I'm doing and, yeah, I'm really happy to talk to you about it today. It's, it's very, for some people, might not be as impactful to, to hear this, but because I've worked with retirees for the last two decades and I helped them build wealth. And when I decided to actually step out and pre-retire, like retiring, moving to into something bigger, it's 
it's when I recognize the fact that the traditional planning is you make it to retirement and that's your leisure time. And it's kind of the end where you become obsolete um, almost. <laughs> and many people in their in their 40s life are having an urge to step out and do something, do something bigger, so moving to a new career, a new role. They're afraid and they are afraid mm-hmm. of the change. I speak to a lot of women like yourself who were very successful and had different roles in corporate and have actually done businesses and gone to three, four businesses. And it's just an evolving door. It's it's all about being able to, if something it's not working or if something doesn't fulfill you, it's to be able to actually dare to do something different and evolve and do challenge the way you think. It's fascinating. And I'm curious if you can share some of the struggles on your second time when you actually decided to start what you're doing now. What are some of the struggles that you face on that transition? Well, yeah, look, and I have had some struggles because I am at a different time in my life. So I'm, you know, I'm 30 years on from, well, not quite 30, 25 years on from when I did it, you know, went out on my own before. Um, And I think I think one of the big mistakes I made uh, and the word retirement and the word, I really love the word fulfillment that you use because you do want to feel fulfilled. And I actually didn't say I was retiring. So I, what, what I did was I, um, I left a big organization uh, and went and did a research. I was fortunate to do a research program um, at a, at a defense think tank in, in Canberra, which is the, the capital of Australia. And um and I had the opportunity to really change what I was doing. And I thought, no, I don't really want to go back to that corporate, you know, my, that big job anymore. I want to do my own thing. I've always wanted to be a coach to help people, to help people do and achieve what I was able to do. And that's that fulfillment bit. But what I so what I did is I left and I technically retired from from that from that role. And so when people asked me what are you doing, and I I used to say, oh, I'm semi-retired. I'm semi-retired. I couldn't actually I couldn't actually say the word because I n- never felt like I was retired. But but in the back of my mind, and this was one of the struggles that I've I, I've just overcome probably fairly recently when I've recognised it is that. <clears throat> I was thinking when I retire and when I go to do my my business and what I want to do and not have a boss and do my own thing and do it in my way and all of those sorts of things, I actually didn't treat it like a job. I treated it like, yeah, I want to work, only work a certain number of hours. I, you know, I want to have the freedom to do what I want to do, but I want to, you know, get a good income. And I, you know, I learned, I did a lot of professional development um, did a lot of, you know, courses and a whole range of think tanks and, you know, master classes and all that sort of stuff. But I still, in the back of my head, I was still treating it like a like a part-time, this is not a real thing, this is not a real job, whereas it actually is. To actually go from, you're not, um, you know, to go into be an entrepreneur, to actually start your own business, you, your goal is to earn a, earn good money and only work when you want to work, do what you want to do, be able to travel when you want to travel. But you've got to actually do the hard yards up front to get it to make it happen. And I think that was probably the mistake a mistake I made because I was in that I was in that oh yeah I just I'll just do it when I want to do it sort of thing. Um, and so I didn't really 
you know, put the foot to the pedal, I suppose, as I should have early on. Um, but that's not to say I have to say I haven't achieved things, but I probably could have achieved things earlier had I had I done that. Um, but I think I needed a rest as well. I did need a bit of a rest. Um, my, you know, my partner had retired a bit before me, and he actually is retired. Um, and I sort of thought, I think I also thought, oh, I just need a bit of a rest. And I think I rested for too long. <laughs> so that was a that was a bit of a mistake as well, a bit of a struggle. Um, and the other struggle is a mindset one. And and I I uh, it's funny because I'm a mindset coach and a mindset mentor. That's what I do, the challenge of thinking. It's about um uh focusing on how people think and their behaviors and their habits and, and all of that. That's their limiting beliefs um and all of those sorts of things. So I that's my area of expertise. And it's a bit like um, I, I describe. It's a bit like a carpenter whose house is falling down, or a plumber who uh-huh. you know his drains are clogged. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I wasn't practicing what I was um, preaching. You know, I wasn't doing what I was helping others to do. <clears throat> so that was that was something I had to focus on. So I re, you know, I re. Um, what would you say, re-engaged with some of my learnings, even though I was using a lot of the practical tools of neuro-linguistic programming. Um, and I, you know, I do hypnotherapy as well, um, mainly for performance and habit breaking. Um, but I, um, yeah, I had to sort of go and revisit that and just refresh and bring myself back to that core and then start to actually do what I help others to do. So that was, a, that was you know, that was a thing. And I think we, you know, um, we, um some of us, you know, I, I'm, I'm probably not alone in that anyway. You've probably got others that do that as well. Yeah, you'll be surprised as financial advisors. We are cl- we get clients that are financial advisors or are accountants that you will think they know how to manage their, their money. They don't need a financial advisor. But it's sometimes hard when we're so focused on our clients and we can truly dive in and help them. And then we mm. forget about ourselves. It is, yeah. it's, it's what I tell as well. Many people that their first initial thought, it's like, oh, I already have a financial advisor. It doesn't matter if you have somebody who's helped you or who's who's helped you through a stage of your life. There's always good to have a second opinion or add another expert to really achieve what you want to achieve. And like you mentioned, you mentioned rest. I, I believe rest is so important. Uh, maybe not such a long rest, (laughs) being able to rest while you're focused and understanding that there's something more and that you're just taking a rest to really recharge, to really go through the emotions. It's refreshing to a certain point. How long was your rest? Well, I would probably, I didn't, well, that was my mistake. I should have actually just taken a rest for a period of time and then started. Whereas what I was, what I actually did was I was sort of, I've been resting all, you know, I was resting all the way along, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd beaver away and do something and then I'd have a rest and then I'd beaver away and do stuff and then I'd have a rest. And I think it was because I didn't, I didn't, I sort of started straight away into my, you know, building my business when I should have actually had a proper break and felt like, yes, I've finished that part of my life I finished that I'm going to recuperate from that from that period because you you do you're right you do need to to properly rest and recuperate but I just didn't do that I didn't do that in the way I should have so that's sort of the struggle 
um, that I had that I was continuously stopping, not stopping and starting, but I wasn't I wasn't going full bore as if it was a full-time job. I was treating it like, yeah, a sort of a hobby, I suppose. Yeah. That's yeah, interesting. Yeah. And at times there are there are people that go into retirement, go through the honeymoon stage and they spend years in retirement. I do encourage them to, no matter what age or where they are in their journey, it's never too late to start. We are all filled with wisdom, with stories, with struggles, and there's always somebody that we can help and we can impact. You haven't mentioned the financial as a motivator for you to to continue evolving and continue getting through the set. Do you had a specific motivator or something that kept you from continuing? Actually, I think you've hit on something really important there. Um, my motivation was that self-fulfillment motivation. <clears throat> and I think until I actually articulated a goal as in um, an, something, you know, an amount of money that I wanted to get in a, in a year, did I really start to focus properly? So I think that's a really interesting point that you, that you make. And I came to that realisation probably about a year or so, a year after I'd sort of started because you know, I was talking with my with my partner about that and and it was like, yeah, well, my goal is I just want to help people. Well, no, you've got to have, you know, what, what really is it that, you know, what are you really aiming for? Um, and I have got a I have got a professional goal. Um, but I needed to have something that was really motivating me to to get out there and make the money and actually, you know, get the dollars because I, I wasn't incentivized to do that and now I am. So I've got some monetary goals, um, you know, I've got some things I want to purchase them, things that I want to have um, that I probably wouldn't have um, in retirement. So I'm that's what I'm focusing on. So, yeah, it, that's a really um, – I'm glad you, you um, brought that up because – that was another realization that I had. I was going into this just to feel fulfilled and not really focus on what I wanted to achieve. Yeah. Yeah. I think when you realize what fulfills you and you slowly process and figure it out, okay, that fulfills me. And you start building that idea, the dream, and then you start realizing that you can get the fulfillment, you can help people, and then you can make such a good living. And the more people you serve, the more people you money you earn to be able to do the things that you want to do. In your case right now, like what are the the biggest thing that you're that you feel that you're impacting people? You mentioned NLP, and I would love for you to bring some insight for our listeners who are in the midlife, in the middle of a midlife transition, or about to retire, or already retired, and how can some things that you can share for them look look I think um with, with um well what I normally do with people it's really looking at you know really discovering um so NLP works um it's a really a communication system how we you know communicate with ourselves internally and with others and it's you know it's not talk therapy or anything Woo -woo, it's you know based on sort of um you know neuroscience and psychology and there's elements that it actually sort of started in the United States actually in, in the 70s um so it's and it's about um how to break habits using the unconscious mind with the conscious mind 
to um, break habits, to communicate better, to create better relationships. Um, and it uses language in particular, so your internal dialogue as well as your external dialogue. It can help you, um, I work with people to um, improve their performance, to achieve goals, um, because a lot of the times we have limiting beliefs that we don't realise that we have. So first of all, I, you know, work with people on their values. What do they really value? You know, they, and it's not just, you know, you know, um, values like trust and uh, love and all that sort of stuff. It's the, the stuff that they really value. The, the Your values are uh, more than than those things there could be you know I value you know um walking <laughs> you know that's one of my values is I really love it you know so that's a value and it's that exercise I value that so it's really working out people's values and then working out the beliefs that that are holding them back the things that they don't even realize so we've got that we've got things that we call you know things that we don't know that we don't know <laughs> um they're hidden yeah um in our subconscious mind. So I, I help people explore what they those might be, particularly when it comes to, I'm mainly working with senior executives and CEOs at the moment on um, what's holding them back. And sometimes it could be just some limiting belief that, you know, money's is evil, for example. Now, so that's why they're not, you know, they're not improving what they're doing is because deep down somewhere, you know, they were told as a kid, you know, that, you know, well, money, you know, money doesn't bring you happiness and all of those sorts of things. So it's trying to find, first we find out what some of those beliefs are and then we work on how to sort of remove those. Um, and there's sort of some techniques that we use, um, you know, to actually sort of change that and try and replace that, um, that negative with a positive uh, mindset around money, for example, um, or a limiting belief, which we, you know, we all suffer from sometimes is I'm not good enough or I can't do that mm -hmm. or um, that's not for me or I'm always, you know, I'm, you know, I've always failed at that, a whole range of things. So it's, and the good thing about NLP is it's really quick and easy um, and we use, I use a thing called timeline therapy um, where you go into the future and you remove, it helps remove some of the things that have burdened you in the past. And you don't even actually have to specifically identify what they are because your subconscious mind stores all of that. And so sometimes we're not fully conscious of it. Our conscious mind is the critical mind, the one we think with, the one that we decide to do things with. But it's the subconscious mind that really runs things. And it's our little supercomputer <laughs> um, inside of us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so we work with, you know, we sort of bypass that critical mind and go to the subconscious mind and say, whatever it is that's worrying you, you don't have to tell us, but, you know, let's work on that. And um, sometimes we can do sleep therapy overnight. They, you know, ask your unconscious mind to resolve that issue or if you're grieving or if you're unhappy about something, you know, ask your unconscious mind to resolve that overnight over the next few weeks and 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 work with the unconscious mind. So it's a powerful thing, um, but it's also um, it's not just that type of work. One one I'll give I'll, I'll give you a technique that I do use regularly um, for your listeners. But this could be someone that you know, someone that you see every day. It could be a family member that you just irritates you or whatever. And so the technique is that you every day uh, for ten days. Uh, you, when you see them for the first time that day, you look at them and you find out something about them that's 
that's good. That's positive. Now, it could be you just like the way they've done their hair. could be the colour of their jumper, their, their, their sweater, their jumper. We call them jumpers. <laughs> um, or uh, it could be just that they, you know, their perfume's nice. Or what? It could be anything. It could be that, you know, their teeth, are, you know, they've got a nice smile. You don't have to, it doesn't have to be anything major. It doesn't have to be anything too personal. It could be, you know, something very superficial and that's fine. So you you think that to yourself when you see them, but you don't say anything. You don't, you know, you just do your normal business. And then when you go to your desk or go straight after that, go down and somewhere and write down that positive thing that, about that person. Um, so Carla's got had a beautiful green uh, top on today. So you write that down. And you do that for 10 days. Now in the workplace, you may not be 10 consecutive days, but, you know, five days and then five days. And then at the end of that two weeks or those 10 days, guaranteed your relationship with that person will have improved. Now, the reason for that, and it's not anything um, sort of woo-woo or anything like that, is what happens is that we communi- when we communicate, so I was talking about NLPs about communication, is that we communicate not just with our words or ha- what we write. It's how we present ourselves. It's the colour of our skin. It's what the clothes we wear. It's our posture. Um, it's how wide yeah, it's how wide our eyes are open. Um, a whole range of things that our physical presence um, um, sort of shows. So what happens is when we think of something nice about someone, our physiology changes. And so there, that person's subconscious mind will be looking, will see us and see our physiology change. And so their physiology will start to change. So internally they will think, oh, that person likes me. And so over time that 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 subconscious communication, that physical communication being read by the subconscious or unconscious mind goes, oh, okay, right. Mm. Now mm-hmm. it, it might only be a slight improvement, but there will definitely be an improvement. And I have... I've given this to people who felt that they've been ostracised at work or not involved or not invited to meetings by a particular person. Um, I mean, if it's dead set bullying, you know, proper, then, you know, I wouldn't recommend that. You should do other, you know, you should treat that uh, accordingly. Um, But if it's just a difficult relationship, um, yeah, it works every single time. And that's just the communication model from NLP being used in a really effective way. I'm a big believer of the subconscious mind. There's a big struggle, for example, when people retired and the couples start to have a lot of problems because you're suddenly, you both, you each had a different identity at work and you spend so much time at work and then you're at home and you're learning each other's identity when all the good things from your work identity are gone. You don't know how to replace them if you don't plan for them and People have problems in their in their marriages when they retire. And I think that this is something, maybe a good exercise that they can, yeah. you know, start to, to for 10 days, they each take a, a list of the things that are the positive things about that other person. And I mean, maybe also your relationship with your goals and your money. Yeah. Look, a, lot of, really- a lot of time. Yeah. I look I and look I can I can attest to that. I I absolutely agree. You know, you're in each other's company way more than you were previously. Yeah. And it's not so it's not just identity. If I um if I go to the NLP model, they have a they have a thing called the hierarchy of 
of ideas. And and it's a lot of times, you know, we work on our environment first and then on our our um sort of our skills um and then on our behaviors. But retirement and that change, we actually have to start again. And I don't think we realize we just sort of try and carry on from the previous um roles that we had. But we actually have to start back at the bottom. Okay, let's work out our environment. You know, maybe when both couples are retired or one or the other, there's expectations, well, you've got more time to do that. And so there's a bit of friction there, you know. And so it's about setting the the basis. And you're, you're so right. And then, okay, well, what about if, you know, um, then skills and then, you know, do I need any other knowledge that I need to know about something that's an expectation and discussing those expectations and then get up to, well, what do we both value now? Let's have a chat about, you know, our values. And then yeah. build up, and the top the top layer is is your identity. But if you don't do those bottom things, you uh, that identity thing is a real issue. Yeah, that's a really good point. It, I hadn't, a, I hadn't really thought about that. The same thing with retirement planning is that the focus mm. is you have to get the financials correct. You people assume that they want a specific lifestyle and they have to replace mm. their income, so they focus on how much they have to save, how much risk they have to take, how many years, and then how are they going to distribute the money out. But in reality, besides that, there's layers of your mental well-being, your social well-being, your physical well-being, and your spiritual well-being. Mm. And those four mm. key areas are nowhere to be found on the traditional retirement planning everybody should have a non-financial retirement plan which is i do both financial and non-financial critical and important to address and there's tools i have tools that you just take an assessment and it's very easy to address it you acknowledge it you learn and you adjust yeah that's fantastic carla i think that is so true that is so good and it, it is something that's needed for sure because we don't think about that there is no planning for that really how can people well they can find me by um going to um challengeyourthinking.com um and just there's a there's a button on there that they can email me send a message to me um i'm also on facebook um challenge your thinking on facebook and they can contact me there um and linkedin as well my personal profile is there and lions um and challenge your thinking is on there as well so any of those um, ways they can contact me, um, but and or they can email me directly, and it's fairly easy. It's Anne with an E um, at challengeyourthinking.com. That's my email address, so it's pretty pretty easy to remember. Hopefully, well, thank you for your time and for your insight, your wisdom, and I look forward to continuing uh, connecting with you and maybe one day I'll make it to Australia and we can, you know, do a workshop and collaborate together. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. Would love to do that. Thanks, Carla. My pleasure, and Take care. Bye-bye. Take Bye-bye. Thank you for joining the Retirement Without Numbers podcast. We hope you've gained some insight from our stories, discussions, and valuable resources that helps you uncover your retirement and life goals without focusing on the numbers. And with just a click to subscribe, you can be part of this community as we all move forward together. And for more information, visit myplankeeper.com.